Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for February 23rd. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host John DeShazer. On today's show, we will be joined by Joey Grant from Game Time, the athlete exposure program that partnered with the New Orleans Saints for a high school recruiting series. But first and foremost, we are joined by Brucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst. He has a Move the Sticks podcast along with Daniel Jeremiah. Bucky, welcome on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bucky. You know, Louisiana has been taken by a storm on social media for the last few days with this gumbo, uh, people posting pictures of gumbo. I don't know if you saw it, but before that, you did see it. (laughs) I I need your thoughts on that. First of all, I didn't know if you had saw that. Oh, I saw the picture with the gumbo that didn't look like gumbo that was on the plate and everything else like that. So I think if you don't understand culturally what it should look like, I don't think you should post for public consumption. Don't even try it. Uh, (laughs) You know, Bucky, I was going to say before that, um, Tom Brady took Twitter by a storm by kind of posting that video with all the sound bites of people Mm -hmm. talking negatively about him. And you had a comment on that. Any uh, anything you want to share from Tom Brady releasing that video? Well, no, no, I I think it was interesting that he keeps receipts for everybody. And I think um, a lot of times we on our side kind of like the lob criticisms and critiques without um, having accountability. And I think it's funny when a player kind of throws it back in our faces. And I think the way that he did it, the video and all that, I don't know who runs this social media game, but they are definitely on point because he seems to have some timely and very lively uh, tweets and IG posts and all that other stuff. It's certainly- now, here's the thing about that though, Bucky. He waited until after he won. Now, you yes. got the moment when it's a lot more relevant when you say what you say. <laughs> after and said okay I got you now now if he wins the Super Bowl does he post any of that <laughs> no he doesn't he doesn't he, he, he waited like and, and that's what you do when you win like when when you win you have the opportunity to kind of give it back to people because when he was playing terrible um there was nothing that he could reply or retort so he did it the right way I think it was all it was all in good fun I think it's just another reminder that it has changed so much in the last five to ten years with social media and those things feeling like you can really get close to stars and stars also being able to get back to the fans. So the interaction is obviously um, good to see. You know, that's what they say. They say yeah. the winners get the right history and, and the losers, you know, don't, don't get the right history, I guess. But, <laughs> oh, now I got to back up. I got to back up for a second here. William Eldridge Brooks Jr. I know you've explained this probably a billion times. Where does Bucky come from? Okay, so being from the South, um, everybody has – similar names. So my first and middle name are family names. And so I have cousins and uncles and stuff with the same first and middle name, but maybe a different last name. So everyone had a nickname. And so uh, going from my father all the way down, we all had nicknames. So even though it was William E. Brooks Jr. at birth, Bucky was also there from day one. So it's always been a nickname to stuck. My nickname for JD is annoying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Bucky, before you talked about your name, you got into kind of the social media space and the the fact that sometimes us normal people feel closer to celebrities, to pro athletes. And, you know, I want to get into this pro day talk. But first, we have to talk about the video that kind of went viral this weekend of the camper talking to Cam Newton a little a little sideways. What were your thoughts on that? Because for me, that was astounding to see that kind of confidence and uh you know i, I don't want to say cojones but cojones yes. a young camper <laughs> um I, I think there are a few different things right like i think context matters and we didn't see like the run-up to it um 
I would say, look, the kid certainly was speaking out of turn in terms of just maybe the lack of respect that he showed for an adult. It's not something that I would necessarily condone or want. But I will say this. It's also a seven-on-seven tournament, which much like AU basketball tournaments or whatever, like trash talk ensues. And sometimes it's not just player the player. Sometimes it's player the coach. And so without fully knowing what went on prior to it, I can't really take the kid to task. But I will say he certainly should understand when to dial it back when you're talking to someone of authority. And I think that is the part that I think took everyone by surprise that he was able or that he was willing to disparage Cam and the manner in which he did and didn't didn't seem to back off of it. And so it's just one of those things. I think it's a learning lesson for him. I think it was a teachable moment. I like the fact that Cam circled back and attempted to talk to him, even though when he circled back, it didn't seem that the kid was willing to hear it. But I think after all of the groundswell of attention or whatever, I think hopefully he learned a lesson in terms of just how to communicate and be better in those situations. I'll tell you what, when I I see it and I think about it, my mom, God rest her soul, if she were still alive, her fingerprints would still be around my throat. (laughs) I know how that is when you grow up in the South, as Bucky did. Mm -hmm. So maybe he would have gotten similar treatment. Bucky, we're moving into the draft. You know, which positions are the deepest in this draft that, uh, that you see? You know, like uh, down in the trenches, the O-line is certainly deep and, and there are plenty of players that can come in and play at offensive tackle, offensive guard. I think wide receiver is always a very, very talented collection of pass catchers that are available. And, you know, I think when you look in the secondary, the defensive backs at cornerback in particular, there are a ton of players. In fact, a former Saint Joe Horn has a son, J.C. Horn, who's one of the top cover guys. And you'll see a lot of that. There are a lot of bloodlines that are involved in the cornerback class. Patrick Sertain Jr. You then look at Asante Samuel the second, and like Pat Sertain the second, Asante Samuel Jr., J.C. Horn. Ton of legacy that is involved. And so it'll be an exciting time in the draft when we when we finally get to draft that. Mentioned legacy, Pat Sertan, also a New Orleans kid, his son and Pat Jr. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you talk about legacy talent. Um, w- when you're looking at the quarterbacks, what what makes a good NFL quarterback? Obviously, everyone's speaking about Trevor Lawrence. And after that, you know, maybe, you know, kind of iffy, I guess. Uh, but what makes a good NFL quarterback coming out of college? I think the things that you look for in today's game um, – you certainly want someone who is athletic enough to move around. They don't have to necessarily be a a runner, but I think athleticism is now a requirement. That wasn't always the case. Um, You're looking for leadership qualities. They have to be a good leader. You would prefer them to be a team captain because it shows that they're respected by their peers and their coaches on, on the field. Some of the things that you're looking for is um, arm strength. They don't need to have a plus arm strength, but they need to be able to utilize every area of the field. Um, when they're not able to use every area to feel it allows the defense to condense the field and make it very tough on the offense to move. Uh, anticipation and timing. Can they throw guys open is the, the, the phrase that everyone will use, meaning can I see the spot? Can I anticipate where the receiver is going to be? Can I fit the ball into a window? Can I do those things consistently? Because today's game is so fast, particularly with the pass rush and the coverage, you have to be spot on with your ability to throw guys open. And then for me, I, I like to see how guys bounce back from critical errors. Meaning if you throw an interception, do you go in a shell? Are you afraid to make the throw later in the game? Or if you throw an interception, you're still just as daring to make that throw. I think there has to be a level of guts, um, some grit and resiliency to play in the position. And so that's very, very important when, when you're looking at the quarterbacks. 
You know, Bucky, you, you mentioned mobility. Where did you see that evolution turn? Where did you see that comp become a critical factor? And I guess you still can win without being an extremely mobile quarterback because Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl. But that does seem to be the trend. Where, was there a specific player or place where that turned? Um, you know, I, I think it turned at the lower levels. I think when you go to high school games on Friday nights and you see college games on Saturdays, you're seeing guys take the best athlete and put a quarterback. Well, it hasn't trickled all the way up to the National Football League, but now because of the athletes that are on the defense side of the ball, you see the pass rushes that are like superheroes. They're fast, they're athletic, they can move around. It's hard to find an offensive line that can protect the quarterback. So the quarterback doesn't necessarily need to be um, an outstanding runner, but he has to be able to move and evade in the pocket. And it's funny that you mentioned Tom Brady because Tom Brady is kind of, I want to say, the last of a, a dying breed of that <laughs> position. But the thing that Tom Brady had as in his favor is 20 plus years of experience in terms of knowing what's happening. When you look at today's game, who are the young quarterbacks that are statues that are having success? You don't really see most of those guys, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, on and on. You have to have a level of athleticism to be able just to survive in the National Football League. And I think more coaches are realizing that and preferring to have a quarterback who has some athleticism. Tom Brady and Drew Brees forever holding it down for us <laughs> unathletic folks. <laughs> um, Bucky, with the with the draft being a little over two months away on April 29th and the buildup, not having combines this year, everyone kind of resorting to pro days and things like that. Can you talk about the, the difference in this year's buildup compared to last year? And we saw Trevor Lawrence, who we just talked about having his own little personal throwing session on February 12th. Do you think we'll see more of that going forward? Well, the rules are made it really restrictive. And so it's different. Without a combine, you don't have that one stop shopping where everyone can see 300 of the top prospects work at, at one place. Now you have in pro days. And the thing about pro days, the NFL doesn't control the pro days. Those are controlled by the school. So how many scouts and evaluators can you bring into a building given the COVID protocols and those things. So it is very, very challenging now to get that up close and personal look at the top prospects. So this year, more than ever, it will be about the film evaluation and what you see on film and how you evaluate those guys on film, depending on your contacts in terms of the guys that you've met along the way at schools to give you the background information. So um, a lot of gray area when it comes to evaluating the 2021 class. And would you say that's an advantage or a disadvantage? Because when there was a combine, a lot of the times you would see different numbers, better numbers coming out of the pro day than you would at the combine. But do you think for scouts and, um, you know, for these players, do you think it's an advantage or disadvantage? Uh, I think it's a disadvantage in terms of now you only have one chance to show your work. Whereas before, if you worked out at the combine and you didn't put on your best performance, you had a chance to make up for it at the pro day. Um, now with just a pro day, you need to be on because there's not a, a makeup. You don't get a mulligan. And so um, it's, it's different, but I, I think what we saw last year is guys can work around it. We did have the combine last year, but we didn't have the advent of the amount of pro days and, and those things. And guys were able to work around it. I think the one thing that you will see that will pop up uh, these sports training facilities that are all over um, the country where you're having guys work out and train um, you can't get official pro day things, but what you will have is you will have these trainers sending out videos, mm -hmm. clocking and documenting measurements and those things. They won't be official, but it will give evaluators a sense of um, the athleticism and explosiveness that a, a prospect may have. 
What do you lose from a face-to-face -face interaction process? Because obviously if you don't have a combine, that's one less opportunity uh, to be face-to-face. -face. And I guess, you know, with things going now, there's a lot less opportunity to be face-to-face. -face. Or do you gain from the fact that, you know, it is virtual and you can probably interview more guys and I guess, I don't know how you regulate that <laughs> as a league uh, in terms of contact. Yeah, um, they, they will give you a, a handful of times where you can Zoom call uh, a prospect. You can get to know them in that regard. But, I mean, it's different. As much as I love you guys, like it's different being face-to-face -face as opposed to on the other end of a computer screen. And I think what you have to do is you have to supplement that with um, making calls to people that really know the prospect. And you're trying to build a profile. And so it's – administrators on campus, coaches, strength coaches, it's going back to high school, maybe even talking to the high school coach and teachers, which were always common practices. But now it's really, really important because you have to paint a portrait of who the prospect is and who he will be when you bring him into the building. It is a little scarier when you don't have the ability to sit down across from them and get a sense of who he is by being able to gauge his body language and all those other things. Well, Bucky, we, we talked in our last show that we had you on about the senior bowl, we talked about some two lane standouts. When you talk about the diversity in the league, as far as, um, you know, students from small schools, you know, Teron Armstead, Demario, mm -hmm. Day, like people coming from smaller schools, do you think those players are going to be hurt in this process and maybe for the, for the next two years in this kind of going away from the combine thing and we don't know what the future holds mm -hmm. but you get more opportunities seeing those players and like you said people sending in videos things like that do you think that diversity on a team makeup is going to suffer uh, I, I think potentially yes I, th I think there are some evaluators from the school of thought that they kind of invest in the draft like Warren Buffett meaning they want to they want to stick to the brand names big uh, prospects from big schools that you've seen on big stages playing against big time competition as opposed to maybe gambling on the obscure talent that may be doing it at a lower level. And even though they may be dominated on it, dominating on that level, you just don't know what kind of evaluation it is. And so some people can do it, but if you, if you can spot talent, you can spot it in all areas. It just makes it uh, a challenge in terms, to, in terms of where do I value that player? Do I value him in the second round? Would I prefer to wait maybe in the fourth or fifth round where I'm not necessarily committing as much financially and my expectations aren't as high for the player when he comes in. Um, but in the end they, man, scouts are scouts. They should be able to evaluate and kind of separate and make projections based on what they see on the tape. And then when you take into account the measurables. Now, Bucky, now I've got to ask you about this receiver class specifically because we got a couple of Louisiana kids, <laughs> Jamar Chase, LSU, New Orleans kid, uh, Devontae Smith, another New Orleans kid, and also a guy, I like, and I'm not a scout, Jalen Waddle. Um, but what mm. do you think about the class overall and, and the depth there? Oh, I mean, it's a talented class. I mean, the talent at wide receiver is, is so sick that you don't have to expend a first-round pick to get a, an all-star. I mean, we you saw right there, New Orleans, Michael Thomas gets picked in the second round, and he's come on to be one of the best wide receivers. I think it's really a matter of what you're looking for to fill the position. The guys that you mentioned, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. They're all terrific, and they're all terrific in their own um, 
special way. Jamar Chase is a guy who was a playmaker down the field, terrific at winning the 50-50 balls. You see the catches that he makes with guys draped on him. Um, he's second to none in terms of that. And you know the pedigree from LSU, the wide receivers that have been produced. The two Alabama players, uh, Devontae Smith, is, is really unique because he's, he's very he's slender. Like when you look at him, he's 175 pounds, generously listed in the program. <laughs> um, having been around him in high school when he was at camps, he's maybe 159 pounds. And he's talented. I mean, he's very talented in terms of technically, he's about as good as it gets in terms of running routes and understanding how to set defenders up. The big question is, at that size, man, can he hold up and can he handle yeah. – the physicality that takes place because as the great game that takes place on Saturday, it's more physical on Sundays and can he handle people putting their hands on him and getting around, but he's done it at every level. So you would like to think he would continue to do it. And Jalen Waddle is maybe the most explosive playmaker in the draft. When he has the ball in his hands, he really makes the magic happen. Uh, if not for the injury, you do wonder, would he be the one hoisting the Heisman Trophy as opposed to Devontae Smith? Because coming to the year, it was 1A and 1B, and it flipped um, talented players. And so as, as much as I rave about those guys at the top, there are other guys, Elijah Moore down at Ole Miss, Amon Ross St. Brown at U USC. If you need a pass catcher, you can find him. And I think, <laughs> I think teams will be able to find him at every part of the draft. I love how we just hear when your dog makes his entrance and his Man, exit. She is, she is, she <laughs> is just, she is just driving me crazy. She's done it the last couple of days. She knocked the door open. She comes <laughs> in and out, just does what she wants. And I, I can't really understand what it is. And then if I don't open the door, she'll scratch on it. And then when I open it, she'll just look like, oh, I just want to check out, see, see, see what's going on. That's it. I didn't want anything. I just, you know, I just, I just want to check and see what's going on. See what you're doing. You said it's a she, so she's Bucky, we appreciate you coming on. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. He's also the host of Move the Sticks podcast along with Daniel Jeremiah. Bucky, we appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much. Joining us now on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek is Joey Grant from Game Time, the founder of a website that is providing so much more opportunity for student athletes in today's generation. Joey, welcome on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. Of course, Joey, now we want to get into your website because we, we know that you are partnering with the New Orleans Saints to provide a lot of opportunity for students in Mississippi, Louisiana, but I understand you have a, a unique background with one of the players on the New Orleans Saints. I do, yeah. So, so Game Time, also called GMTM, we are a social network that connects athletes to organizations. And by organizations, I mean more specifically uh, colleges, pro teams, uh, brands, camps, anything that can help get them uh, exposure. Um, so that's what we do. And, and I do have an interesting relationship. Uh, Latavius Murray, uh, the, 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 the second head to the, the two head uh, New Orleans running back room that puts fear in, in the heart of every defense in the NFL. Uh, Latavius and I are, are really, really close friends. We played together at UCF. Um, so he's about three years older than me. So I came in as a freshman and he was older uh, when UCF beat Georgia in the Liberty Bowl. He had scored some touchdowns before going to the Raiders, then the Vikings, now at the Saints, um, making, uh, making Houdat Nation proud uh, every time he touches the rock. So um, yeah, close association and, uh, and it's fun to, fun to watch him do great things. So 
doing great things on the field and of course uh, on his own we understand that he is getting his second master's degree so great work there from Latavia so Joey you kind of touched on your website gametimegmtm.com can you go into a little bit more kind of how you started this website your intention for it all of that yeah, absolutely. So I was a former player myself. Um, the, the listeners won't be able to see me, but I actually played center once upon a time. So no uh, I, I was I was about 300, 305 pounds. Uh, now, if you were to see me, I'm about 220. So you would not believe it. Not at uh, but, all. <laughs> uh, but I was a former athlete. So I was on the recruiting side. Uh, and then after I finished uh, playing football, uh, my junior and senior year, I, uh, as I still had eligibility, I'd finished my undergrad. Um, so I actually got my master's in business and then a master's in sports management uh, at the DeVos Sports Management Program uh, while I still played. Um, and, and right after I actually worked in the recruiting department and, and got to understand the landscape. So coming from an athlete and then on the recruiting side, really got an inside look into uh, sports as a whole. And uh, GMTM, what that was is, is, is our attempt at solving uh, issues in sports. Uh, right now, there's a lot of issues in terms of access for athletes, uh, very costly uh, to participate in youth sports. Uh, we're seeing a decline because of the cost of traveling, uh, of getting discovered, paying for recruiting services, uh, having to travel for travel teams or showcases or tryouts. And so uh, what Game Time does is it allows athletes to create profiles uh, and then through our uh, platform, connect and engage with different organizations um, to get noticed, to get discovered um, and, and to provide value both for the athletes, but also for colleges who are actively trying to, to find the next athlete who can take them to the next level like Latavius did at UCF. Man, incredibly important work that you're doing, Joey. And uh, I know we're on a Saints podcast, football related, but is this, you're saying athletes, is this for all sports? Is this just for football? This is this is all sports. So so it started in football and that was where, you know, my heart is and, and really just infrastructure wise in college. Uh, football and basketball are where these organizations have the budget to spend. And so we, we knew we had to just start there. Uh, but our goal is to democratize uh, opportunities for athletes. And that is in women's volleyball to women's soccer to men's volleyball to uh, men's curling. And so we, we offer um, all uh, we offer 12 sports kind of in the former kind of collegiate space. But then we also um, service uh, national governing bodies from Team USA that uh, range to a various amount of, uh, of sports that are uh, recreational extreme. And so um, anything from athletes now being able to qualify for, um, for example, USA bobsled teams uh, wow. to getting recruited uh, to get offered uh, for different universities on our site. Uh, all of those are available and we're working as hard as we can to, to create more opportunities for athletes. Wow, Joey, when was this created? Because I can imagine your website and, and game time in general has become, or GMTM, excuse me, has become more popular over COVID-19 with the lack of access, the lack of some student athletes not having games, uh, practices, things like that. How much more um, ha has your website, your company grown during this pandemic? Uh, it, it's been it's been a whirlwind. I think it's been a whirlwind for everyone. Um, and, and, and we we saw these issues in sports. Again, you talk about fragmentation, a lot of in person type stuff, not utilizing technology to create access. Yeah. Um, when the pandemic hit, 
Uh, we, we saw organizations like Peloton who had strong connectivity and use technology, Zoom growing 100, 400, 500%, whatever the crazy numbers were month over month. Um, and then you looked at sports and, and the customers we were serving and it was, it was that that hay that hay ball rolling across the desert it was yeah. it was vacant there was not everything uh, completely halted and so um game time as a company we started about 18 months ago um i would say the pandemic was definitely sort of a rebirth where um how we worked and what i now call the before uh covid <laughs> is 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 we worked uh, to put profiles together for athletes to make them easily discoverable for organizations um, for the purposes again of recruiting um, for camps for various things that can uh, that could help get them seen when the pandemic hit we brought a lot of that into the virtual space and so um, organizations instead of you know for example our first one elite 11 this is the premier uh camp and a discovery tool for quarterbacks in football. And so uh, we worked with them before, but as the pandemic hit, uh, immediately they could take all of their in-person type of activities of, hey, introduce yourself. What are you about? All the way to, hey, here's a 20 throw script. We want to see you complete these things to make this next stage to be mm -hmm. seen by colleges to all these things. Um, so we allowed uh, these organizations to simulate that through our platform where athletes, instead of going in person, they can see a video directing them on the 20 throw pro day script. And they can see that 20 throw pro day script, go to a local field or wherever they have access, um, put, put those throws together on film um, where Elite 11 can still evaluate them for their regionals, as well as that can now be accessed on their free game time profile uh, for colleges and anyone, again, looking for a superstar. So just a, more, a little more practical application of when the pandemic hit, how we work to provide solutions. And our team um, has done an incredible job of being solutions focused. Um, there are there are almost too many pro, uh, problems right now um, to try to solve all uh, to try to solve all of them. And so, you know, let's try to provide the most value we can on behalf of the athletes. And, and that's kind of where we've landed. So, Joey, you were a college athlete. I was a college athlete. For our listeners who don't know, maybe aren't in that student athlete space, don't have kids that are athletes, whatever it may be, um, you know, there are websites that our generation grew up with, maybe like Huddle or things like that. How does your company differ from those ordinary websites where, where student athletes basically just dump their film and that's it? And you've alluded to it a little bit with the script and things like that. Um, can you give me more examples of how your, your uh, company is, is different? Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to understand within all of the things used by athletes, who is it really benefiting and who is it built for? Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really important to ask. And so in the instance of Huddle and different organizations that do provide video, um, their customer is the high school, their customer is the college. So as an athlete, I only have access because this high school is paying for it. I'm not in control of my own profile um, to post things, whether they're happening on the field or whether I'm in my backyard working. Um, it's not suitable. So athletes are going using huddle because their 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 high school has access to it. What about the athletes that high schools don't have access to huddle? Um, not every high school has thousands of dollars to spend on those type of services. Um, and so uh, again, this is for athletes first and foremost. And again, uh, in a time where an athlete from California can't even be on the field, how, how can someone evaluate him? Um, and so uh, in those cases, uh, most people turn to social media, to Instagram, to Twitter. The issue there is it's impossible to find people. Um, it's impossible to search, to see content, to have that be relevant so that 
awesome play or that dunk or that incredible thing that could get you noticed, even if you post that on your timeline, that could be lost in Twitter world in two or three hours. And get so lost in the sauce, yep. get lost in the sauce. Exactly. And so what this is, is, is it, it's an empowering tool for athletes to first and foremost own their profile and for that to be available uh, uh, to them 24 seven, 365, to be able to be their profile of record, that athletic resume for an athlete. So Joe, is it, is it game time or GMTM? I don't want to get the name wrong again. No, it's both. It's both. So, so it's GMTM. So all of the listeners right now, if you want to check us out, go to GMTM.com. We, we, we go by both. When we first founded the company was on the premise of game time um, and, and the, the elongated version of GMTM. Um, Since then we've, we've really uh, we've leaned into GMTM as well, because it's recognizable. If you, whoever's listening, you're going to, you could search an athlete's name in GMTM, GMTM. We're going to pop up going by game time. You know, yeah, I think we'll be able to grow into that. But, but for now, you know, GMTM is kind of where we're making our mark. Cause again, it's, it's different. It's something that people can recognize. And very easy for, uh, website, very user-friendly. Um, but Joe, tell, Joey, telling me how the Saints and Game Time and Sanderson Farms are working together in order to create more opportunity for students in Louisiana and Mississippi in ways that you just described. Yeah, and this is the amazing thing about how the company has evolved. Again, with athletes at the, at the heart of what we're trying to build, the greater picture is we're trying to connect sports in general. We're trying to allow communities to come together to help provide athletes opportunities. So Sanderson Farms is a sponsor of the New Orleans Saints. How we are able to provide free profiles and free access for athletes uh, is these generous organizations and sponsors like the Saints, like Sanderson Farms, are able to pay to put on this virtual event to allow athletes completely free access to sign up to see these high quality you know, videos of activities that they can do. We're gonna make a fun, interactive, challenging combine that they can compare themselves. Also can be uh, completely accessible uh, by organizations that could provide them an opportunity. Um, and so uh, they, they have been integral. And what we've seen is uh, communities and organizations like the New Orleans Saints that have a far ranging um, you know, touch point and access uh, to, to make sure the community is all in on the things that are going on uh, are rallying around to loop in more colleges who may have not been able to see an, see an athlete in a year to loop in those athletes that have maybe, you may have been stuck at home for six or eight months and, tr- and provide some safe solution for them to get noticed, to get recognized and, and to give them, you know, hope for again, being discovered in a time where um, there are a lot of problems like we mentioned. So I want to make sure I'm getting this correctly. So with the with Sanderson Farms and the New Orleans Saints, basically the New Orleans Saints are going to put on a showcase where student athletes can come and participate kind of like in a combine. And if I'm a recruiter from Alcorn State, all I have to do is go on your website, click on a link, and I can see video of whatever players are at the sh- showcase. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, and the Saints are being a, a, a really incredible steward um, for these organizations. And for us, we, we started this in the last three to six months, these virtual showcases and combines. And so, you know, really relying on relationships. So the relationships that the Saints have to these colleges, right now we're working through the Saints. So if you are Alcorn State, if you're any college who needs to find that, that, that player that you haven't had access to, um, reach out uh, to the Saints, uh, reach out uh, whatever way 
way we can uh, within this podcast, uh, get in touch with, with Adam Fournier, like you mentioned, and, and Lish, who, who are running this event on the same side. Uh, and, and we are committed to giving these organizations free access to these videos for every uh, athlete. So anybody who wants to access these videos, reach out to the Saints. We're going to set you up. Um, and again, with the goal, let's get as many athletes, uh, as many opportunities as we, as we possibly can. Joey, do you have any hand in setting up any parts of the showcase? Because I don't know if I trust Adam Fournier to set that all up. Well, again, this is this is a Saints-driven event and Sanderson <laughs> Sanderson Farms sponsored. So at right. the end of the day, we're looking to empower the, the New Orleans Saints. And and Adam Fournier, he's got he's got great ideas of getting these. Uh, athletes. It'll it'll be a little shaped and it'll be kind of polished with some insights that we've built from running these successful events, from connecting athletes to opportunities. Um, but they're leading a, a lot of the initiative. So big big shout out again to the New Orleans Saints organization and the Sanderson Farms. Absolutely. And anyone listening to the show uh, knows I get a little sarcastic. That was just a little slight to Adam Fournier. Of course, our communications, our community relations department is going to do a fabulous job with that. Well, Joey, we appreciate you coming on the show, explaining a little bit uh, more. If fans or if listeners want to follow on Twitter or any social media, can they find you any place on there? Absolutely. Uh, follow us at GMTM Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and that is where we have most of our content coming out, where we'll highlight different athlete participation videos. We'll be announcing different events that are going on. Um, also, you can reach us at our site, gmtm.com. Um, check us out, see what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of activity. We try to open the site up so that anybody who's visiting can get a look in to see the different things that are going on and, and, and exciting stuff that they can easily sign up and participate in themselves. Well, last question before I let you go, Joey, do you have any idea? I know things are kind of uncertain right now when that showcase for the Louisiana and Mississippi students is going to be. Do you know? Uh, our goal for that showcase is going to be February 18th. So today, as we're talking, that's February 17th. The conversation talk track right now is going to be February 18th. Gotcha. But at the same time, stay tuned to the Saints channel because we will be announcing it. Stay tuned to the uh, Saints website. Um, our event and all of the information will be on there as well. Um, so right now the game plan is February 18th for a launch date. Um, if that changes between the now time we're talking and the real world when this comes out, we'll be sure to update it. <laughs> Joey, we appreciate your time. Fantastic work that you're doing. Continue to pour into student athletes and, and game time. We appreciate your work and thanks so much for coming on the show. Caroline, thank you so much for having me. And thanks once again to the New Orleans Saints uh, and all the fans uh, and sponsors listening and uh, that made this event happen. So thank you again for having me. All right, that was Joey Grant from Game Time. Since we recorded that interview, the partnership has launched with Game Time and New Orleans Saints to launch a high school recruiting series that is presented by Sanderson Farms. You can go to neworleansaints.com. It is right there uh, on the right side of the screen, or you can go to neworleansaints.com backslash news. You can also check it out on your Saints app. Student athletes can quickly access the website. We also have a link to Game Time for student athletes 
athletes to create a free account. Um, so be sure to head to your Saints app or NewOrleansSaints.com or refer it to a friend if you know some student athletes uh, that are looking to get some film out and much more. All right, for Joey Grant, thanks again to Bucky Brooks for joining us at the top of the show. Good to have John DeShazer back on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. We will talk later in the week with a very interesting interview that you are not going to want to miss. All right, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CBS.